This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Jerry Ferrara and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome to, gosh, how do I say this? An interesting episode of Unleashed, a sad episode of Unleashed, and very, more than anything, unprobable episode of Unleashed, and our loyal listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. They know that I lost a bet that had a lot of sentiment involved and a lot of embarrassment at stake. Oh my God, Jerry. And here we are. I I cannot believe it. Yeah. uh, Just to reflect for a minute, I did not want to make this bet with you, Olivia Harlandecker. I did not want to do it. Number one, I didn't want to wear cheese on my head. I just didn't. And number two, I thought, (laughs) I I really thought we were most likely going to lose. But now you, on the other hand, and if you're just catching up with us this week and didn't hear last week, you know, <laughs> Olivia, diehard Packers fan, made a bet. And you, you actually even threw me the points out of pity. I asked for the point right. spread and you said, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> out of pity. That was my only hope. And we went down big. But yeah, you have to wear cheese on your head this episode. And you have really nice hair. So I'm worried about, I'm just worried and I feel bad for your husband saying, like, you're going to smell like cheese tonight. Well, a couple things. You're nice to say that because my postpartum hair loss would beg to differ. Um, I also did not do my hair tonight, so I'm I'm very much anticipating my post-show shower. And also, Sam is out of town playing a game, so no one else is going to even be close to this head of hair of mine. My baby will be asleep, so um, this is just for you, Jerry. You just go for you. one and wash it, or oh, two right. washes? You go two washes well, maybe? See. Or a wash in the condition? See. You maybe do a wash in the little conditioner treatment? No. To be fair, I get that the whole cheesehead thing is an easy thing to make fun of. Yes. I get it. I, I think Packer fans are self-aware that it's kind of a stupid thing. Believe me, I heard a lot of that overseas for the Packers-Giants game, obviously in London. I live in London. I went there and there were some, I think, did I tag you in one of them or you sent it to me of Giants fans cheering about the cheese after? Yes, they, 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 they with some curse words about the cheese. Let's roll that clip in here. Yeah. Let's roll that clip in here because I want everyone to know who Giants fans really are. <laughs> that was mean. That was nasty too. Golly. You need to shove your fucking cheese up your ass. You need to shove your fucking cheese. Shove your fucking cheese. Shove your fucking cheese up your ass. The whole thing though, Jerry, and I'm eating my words, I thought there was no chance in hell this would happen. I really didn't. That's why I was giving you such a hard time last week. And to be quite honest, it really shouldn't have. I'm as shocked yeah. as anyone, <laughs> only because the Giants are obviously decimated with injuries. There was Marcus Johnson, I think his name is. I didn't even know who that dude was. Like I was Googling <laughs> him during the game. Oh, who scored? Yeah, I, I just, th- yeah. there were players I had to do, I had to do quick Google checks on. I know. But 
I do kind of, you guys are all to blame because here's my issue that I'm having with like the Packers. Obviously I love Aaron Rodgers. He's amazing quarterback. Well, you have two really, really good running backs. And I know the Giants defense was stout and we were keying in a little bit, but still to go away from them on those third and fourth down plays to not even really get the, the ball in their hands for even the third. And I get Aaron Rodgers is your, your best player. You got to put the ball in his hands, but still your two running backs are dynamic. I thought we would have saw, I, I was most afraid of AJ Dillon and of Aaron Jones. I'm not afraid of any of your receivers. I'm sorry. In the past, mm-hmm. obviously Devontae Adams scared the life out of me. There is mm-hmm. not one receiver on the Packers that I was fearful. And we lost our number one quarterback, Adoree Jackson, too, went, went out in the first quarter. And I still wasn't afraid of any of your receivers. You need like a redo because Devontae Adams had some issues the other night. He doesn't look too happy. Get him back. You, you need him back, honestly. He should, be, he should be in Green Bay still. I just love how much show you're eating up without making me put this cheese in my head. Let's keep okay. talking. Let's go. Now, <laughs> Let's I, I go. did spare you. We talked off air. I didn't want, I'm not going to do no fondue or anything. And I'm not, like, let's just keep it simple. I'm a cheddar guy. Okay. You know, okay. it smells, but it's not like god awful. So, do you have, yeah. what do you have in your possession? So, you texted me. I could just get away with some, you know, either slices or sprinkles of just cheddar. Yeah. You kept you again, you're going very easy on me. So I appreciate that. So in my fridge, I looked and Sam may be wondering what happened to our cheese. This is British cheddar, perfect for cooking. And it expires today. So oh. I'm not wasting <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Are you going to keep this on for the whole show? Um, not for the interview. You get, oh, right. I asked for that because I thought we were interviewing Kevin Garnett today. We're actually interviewing Kevin Garnett, I believe, next week, which is awesome. But today That'd we have great. Zach Harper because yeah. we're going to get yeah. to talk some NBA action, which I can't believe that's finally here. I can't believe oh, it. Oh, I know. I know. We can't wait. There's so much to get to. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. She reaches in the bag, um, folks. She pulls out. You know out what's a- most disturbing is, is I have a babysitter right now watching the baby, and I really hope he doesn't come out and sees what my work really is. Oh, my. Oh, that's a good. Ha- oh, my gosh. I oh feel bad. God. I feel bad. I know. Okay. So there's your cheese bed. All right. Well, look, you cannot say Olivia Harlan Decker does not pay her debts. She pays her debts. She's currently. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll have these. These will be breakout <laughs> clips. So we'll have this on Bla- ah, it's like still falling <laughs> blame the play calling should have got the ball oh, to aj no. and aaron a little more oh it smells uh, bad oh oh it does smell bad <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be a little careful with these with these bets going forward because uh but you know what you know what we'll end it with this we'll move on from the bet after this i reverse jinxed you a la peter andrew you married did. peter andrew but yeah. you 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 were a heavy favorite mm-hmm. going in, and you were pushing the envelope on what mm-hmm. this bet was. So let this be a lesson in our next future bets. Maybe we just go a little <laughs> easier on each other. But it can't be money. You know, we like no. to make it a little bit different. Yeah. And honestly, unless our two teams meet again, this is it. So I, All right. I'm okay with this. Till it's not next like we're going to meet in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So this is it. Till next year. I don't year. care. Right. But overall, listen, great game so much fun the stadium at tottenham hotspur was amazing and the fans jerry were like 70 percent packer fans i'm not kidding that's the other thing you had home you had home field advantage i, <laughs> I did see a a picture or video sam posted on his on his instagram and I'm, i was like wow that it just looked i used like some kind of old classy bar it just looked really cool 
Yeah. And I said, man, I wish I was there. That looks awesome. Oh, it was so much fun. We ran into so many random people we knew. It, it really felt like we were at Lambeau Field. It felt better than if we were at Lambeau Field because so many people were, you know, new Packer fans, like if they were either Brits or Europeans in general coming over for the game. And there were a couple things, and Packer fans will know this, that at a home game, our PA, PA announcer will say, that's a Packers first down. And the music plays, da, 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 go, Pat, go. And I think you do it three times and then you're done because you're on offense. You want to be quiet. And the either new NFL fans or new Packer fans did not realize you want to be quiet when your team's on offense. <laughs> and they just kept going, go, Pat, go. And we're like, no, 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 everyone be quiet. But man, it didn't seem to matter. That uh, I mean, we just gave it away. We gave it away. We were feeling confident at halftime, obviously. And one of the bets I liked going into this game was AJ Dillon over 12 and a half rushing attempts, and he only had six. That's the problem. That was horrible. Everyone in the stands kept saying, run the damn ball, run the damn ball. It was so maddening. And then the tip passes to end the game. I mean, your defense was great. You guys throttled us. Defense was great. But so after five weeks now, I have not been very impressed with the Packers at all. And to me, it is squarely on the, uh, the defense hasn't been great either. Let's be honest. You let the Giants have what, mm-hmm. 20 unanswered points. Like that's not good. The Giants shouldn't score that much. But yeah, I, th- again, I repeat, there's no one on that offense who scares me other than like your running backs, your running backs do, but I know they were like a non-factor call Odell. You should be calling Carolina. Seriously. I also put on Twitter. Yeah. I was, I was begging the Giants to call the Panthers because they're in full blow it up mode. It seems like. DJ Moore, I don't even know if you could get him. I don't know what the trade would be. I don't even think the Giants have any cap room to make it work. But if you're the Packers, maybe you should be calling Carolina and say, hey, what, what do you like for uh, DJ Moore? Or even Robbie Anderson at this point. Yeah, That's how down I am on this receiving core, the Packers. Or Robbie Anderson. Call the Panthers. The Giants, Packers absolutely should be calling the Panthers today. I know. I know. And again, we've talked about the OBJ situation on this show. He's not healthy really till November. He's smart. He's taking his sweet time. He's like, you know, the hot new girl to move to the high school and just going to let all the suitors come to him and and figure this out. I I would love to think he'd see the chance to do one year with a Hall of Fame quarterback. But if I'm OBJ, I'm kind of wondering, I don't want to, you know, go somewhere to not advance far in the playoffs. I, I want a multi-year deal. You know, he's going to want stability after the last year. So, well, I think I he know. deserves it uh, sure. because, and I've always been a fan of his since he was on the giants. I still wish he was on the giants. I still think the giants should call him as well. Although I don't see how you go back. I don't think it works, but right. we know the Rams have problems. Cooper cup, not being one of them. OBJ got open a lot for the Rams. Alan Robinson, who I did a whole spiel on Alan Robinson before the season started. I was so happy for him to finally have a legit quarterback. He put up numbers in Chicago with no quarterback whatsoever. Yep. And then he goes to the Rams and I'm thinking, okay, he's got Stafford now. I don't know if they have zero chemistry or if Alan Robinson can't get separation or what he gets no looks. So to me, if you're looking at it, OBJ was getting looks and yeah. was a big part of that offense. Allen Robinson is not. So I think that makes OBJ's stock go up if I'm, and I know he's coming off a massive injury, but sure. yeah, I, you're right. He should absolutely sit back. Teams like the Giants who are decimated, the Packers who need help, or, you know, some teams are going to look to maybe just get that one last piece, like the Bills, yeah. and, and, and go for it. So this yeah, is and- really getting interesting. 
If I'm OBJ looking at the Rams still, I mean, look at their last game. Stafford threw for over 300 and had four interceptions. They're playing with, everyone keeps saying, a patchwork offensive line, which, you know, almost every offensive line in the NFL at some point of the season is patchwork. You know, guys just move all around. Certainly Green Bay's is, getting back to that. But yeah, Rams offense looks pretty pedestrian. And you want to, you, you spoke about London fans cheering at the wrong time. Yeah. In LA, Stafford having the quiet... <laughs> his own crowd yeah. or at least he thought it was his own crowd and last there was year that majority was cowboy thing. fans there mm-hmm. and oh i talked about this on twitter with one of my buddies who's a bears fan we both the fact that and this is no disrespect to justin fields i think justin fields is good i think he's gonna be good i believe in justin fields the giants traded out of that pick the bears got that pick right. draft fields and now micah parsons is having a year Ooh. that very few defensive players have and the fact that the Giants passed on him, the Bears passed on him, but the Bears didn't need a quarterback, and he falls right to the Cowboys, that just hurts. Because, man, I would love to have Micah Parsons on the Giants right now. I know. Everyone's looking at Micah Parsons. Dan Quinn's defense is looking really legit. In fact, I this think is, yeah. Dan Quinn's probably first step for the next head coaching hire, which they're kind of looking at Matt Rule in Carolina. I think he's got the hottest seat right now in the NFL. But on the Cowboys, let's just finish up on that. When you look at Cooper Rush, he had just 10 completions. I know people are really hot right now. He's undefeated, blah, blah, blah. I mean, his game wasn't fantastic. He had just 10 completions, like I said, but he's winning. Now, obviously, Zeke and Tony Pollard are doing the heavy lifting and looking incredible. In fact, I think Tony Pollard needs the ball more, but together they were great. And Dak may come back this week against Philly. How do you feel about that? So as a Giants fan and as an avid NFC East watcher and being pleasantly surprised by the NFC East this year, mm-hmm. look, Cowboys have gotten off to great starts in the past. This is in the last 10 years. Isn't it? But by far, by far, and I'm being honest with you, Cowboy fans, and I know there's a billion of you out there, this is the most scared of a Cowboys team that I have ever been. Because what? I look around that roster, I look around, they have two really good running backs. Yeah. They have one really great receiver and a bunch of good role-playing receivers. The offensive line could get even healthier. And the defense, this is the best Cowboys defense since the 90s. Since they had Charles Haley and Leon Lett. This is the best Cowboys defense since the 90s. I'm sorry. It just is. Okay. So I'm, I'm really afraid. You lay out a good argument. I guess I just feel like the Cowboys of years past have been more star-studded, but have you know, doesn't matter. And we're seeing that by, by teams like the giants and you know what? The Eagles who are obviously the leaders right now, be scared of the Eagles. Right. But could you name like, could you name seven Eagles off the top of your head? You probably could, but you'd have to think when you get down to like four or five or six, they're not loaded with stars. They're just a really good deep team. Jerry, I don't really want to talk about the top of my head right now. (laughs) Besides the the cheddar, the, the British cheddar that's on the top of your head. <laughs> Last thing about the Cowboys, because yeah. I want to ask you this. Okay. It's Dak's job, right? I mean, yes, that's what every is. talking it's head Dak's show is job. going to talk. Of course I it know. is. And I agree. Yeah. And I thought about this a lot while doing a workout this morning. Cooper Rush is doing amazing things. He's managing the game perfectly. CD Lamb is very effective with Cooper Rush in the lineup. But I just think Dak has a much higher ceiling, maybe a lower floor, maybe when he goes bad. And the offenses run differently. And if he throws some picks, because Cooper does not throw picks, maybe a lower floor. But I think to advance and win 
three or four games in the playoffs to win yeah. a Super Bowl, I think you need the ceiling of Dak, and I think he's earned that. So let's let's quiet all the chatter about maybe the Cowboys are better off. What time will tell? But the, and and beating the Eagles would go a long way for either of these two quarterbacks. But uh, yeah, this is we got some good matchups this week. I gotta say, with Cooper, it's really fun to watch this because, of course, when Dak comes back, which should be this week, he's earning himself years in this league. You know what I mean? People will go back to this season and look at what he did and whether he's a backup for the rest of his career or not, I see him really doing some good things for his career. So it's always great to see that someone else who is earning themselves years in this league is Geno Smith and your Seattle Seahawks. He's been so great. Last week, three touchdowns, no interception. Uh, Kenneth Walker Jr. obviously was great. Rashad Penny got hurt, so that's a question mark. Their defense is terrible in Seattle, yes. but they've got this like top 10 offense in the NFL. And they lost, of, of course, but they look legit on offense. So obviously my, my long shot lottery ticket yeah. of the Seahawks winning the division is not going to hold up. Although, gosh, if they just had a little bit of defense and if they could have held on to that game or, you know... They had one more win. If you're really looking at the Rams saying, okay, and look, the Niners are scary on defense. They just lost the defensive player today. I would still at least be in the hunt. I still am in the hunt, but barely. But the bigger story, the bigger story is they got the Russell Wilson trade right. You know, they, they did. got a lot of value yeah. for him. They didn't have to pay him all that money. And maybe it's too soon to say, oh, Russell Wilson's finished. I think it is a little too soon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Because who knows if he's hurt, new offense, maybe the coach is part of the issue, who knows? Either way, do you want that for the next five years? No. You now have draft capital. You have Geno for the time being. Uh, things are looking bright in Seattle. I just, again, with these older coaches, this is why I'm so upset with like Tomlin. He's not an old coach, but he's been around. I don't want to watch Tomlin rebuild. Don't know if I want to watch Pete Carroll rebuild, but it certainly mm -hmm. seems like they're, they're a few steps ahead of where we all thought they would be going into the year. Yeah, the Russell Wilson thing is cringy, but it's like when a couple gets a divorce and one of them just really kicking ass and one of them's not, you know, one of them's going on dates and, and super fit. The new house. Yeah. <laughs> no, the other's uh, eating Doritos on the cat or subway yeah. sandwiches. There you go. Weird commercial subway sandwiches on the and couch. And then how about the let's ride as he's leaving the press conference? That was that not so weird and cringy. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Broncos country. Let's ride. You need to go ride yourself yeah. to a quarterback camp and <laughs> talk to Trent Dilfer or something or whatever. Cause we uh, no no one's riding. If, yeah, if you no are a ride, no, no one's riding right now. So uh, you need to yeah, you, no you know one's riding right now. Unless the people who are betting against you are maybe riding with you. Something else about Russ that kind of just has always weirded me out for years now. I've kind of kept tabs on this. Is I feel like every video I see of him, he has a different accent. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I some of his Instagram stories, he has a completely different voice than later, and and I just I've heard like twelve different variations of his voice, which just kind of adds to the who are you dude like and 
I don't know if you watched this too on Good Morning Football. They did a whole rant on it and it was a great piece. And they just were giving more firsthand stories of dealing with Russell like behind the scenes and just saying kind of unflattering things. And so a lot's coming to light. Look, I, I wish I wish no one ill in this business. I don't. I would love I would love everyone to do well, stay healthy, and provide for their family. But uh, he, there's but something who would you rather him. have, Russell Wilson or Geno Smith? And you have to answer right now. I'll let you take one piece of cheese off your head if you answer in less than five seconds. Geno. Okay, I believe you could take <laughs> a little cheese off. off. Oh. I think I would too. I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't <laughs> well, really mean he's that. Hot it's right so now, just we're he's overreacting, hot. obviously. Of course, but of course, and we're kind of joking I, too. <laughs> it feels like an NBA trade to me. That trade. There's so many teams like if you look at the pelicans uh-huh. and we're going to talk about all this with zach harper oh yeah obviously we you love anthony davis anthony davis won a bubble championship with the lakers but the last few years he's been injured we haven't seen him and now the pelicans who have a good roster now have a million of the lakers picks it's like, that's a great place to be in and the seahawks could be left with very valuable draft capital if the broncos don't pull this together now they're still what are they three and two so we're two and three but yeah this is crazy crazy Speaking of this, there's a team that is one in four that may be the best one in four team in the NFL. And I have said, I think this team is making the playoffs. I'm, I'm going against that now, obviously, but uh, it, it leads me to my unleash. It's time to unleash. So the Devontae Adams shoving a photographer thing. Well, let me just say, when I first saw the video, I was shocked. It's so not Devontae. He's always been such a class act, calm, cool, collected. And as someone who works on the sidelines of games, and I work with so many amazing people over the years, camera guys, security guys, graphics people, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people who earn their paycheck on a football field, not just the players and coaches, okay? So I felt pretty angry the first time I saw it. I'm like, that guy, just like that's Devontae's dream job, that's that guy's dream job, you know, to be an NFL photographer. That, it's, it made me so angry that these people sacrifice and are working long hours and for a lot less money. And, you know, the guy, too, he was just walking across the tunnel. I could understand if it was almost paparazzi-like of, like, shoving a camera in his face, blah, blah, blah. But he was, I don't think he saw Devontae coming as I've rewatched the tape. So I just thought that was so unfair and really sad to see. Devontae quickly apologized both to the man on Twitter and then to the press afterwards in the locker room. And I still think he's a class act. This was so out of character and I get it. He was so embarrassed by the way that game ended a one point loss Monday night football in Kansas city, him and Hunter Renfro run into each other on their final play to win it. And it was horrible, but Adams had two touchdowns, 124 yards. He had a great game and only on three catches too, which is wild. How did he only have three catches and two touchdowns and 124 yards? I don't know. But anyways, the Raiders now one and four and Adams is kind of sitting there probably wondering what his decision was all about. I would assume we've talked about it a lot on the show, but a part of my unleashed is this after saying all that, I think it's funny that after three hours of asking these guys on the field, these players to be gladiators, right? To just run down each other's throats, to be so aggressive and violent that now we are clutching our pearls at this little shove. Like as he's walking off the field, and I know this might kind of sound hypocritical, but I think the shove was totally inappropriate. And again, I felt really bad for the guy. 
But I imagine after giving a game your all and being frustrated with the season and all you hear when you go home is he should have stayed in Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. Having all this energy, all this aggression for that long, I think it's very hard to simply walk off a field or talk with a reporter, right? Don't you always feel awkward when a player's really heated and has a camera and microphone shoved in their face to talk? After, like, think of Richard Sherman and Aaron Andrews, that famous postgame interview. And obviously, Richard wasn't violent or anything. But I'm just saying there's so much going on that right after, you're kind of not your normal self. You're not how you'd be walking down the street. You know what I mean? So I always think about that. It's like we ask them to do so much physically and to just be these animals, these gladiators on the field. And then we want them to be perfect gentlemen seconds after and i think that's a little unfair of us you know let's give these guys a little second to cool off because it's a whole different mode they're in when they're on the pitch as we say here in london what do you think jerry i think that's a great point uh look i think if you Devonte adams would like to have that one back of course and yes. i'm with you like he's he seems like an awesome guy besides just being an awesome player. What I'm liking so far is it seems like everyone's accepting an apology for the mistake. Finally, like mm-hmm. someone made a mistake. Uh, fortunately, mm-hmm. it does not seem like the guy was hurt. That's let's keep, right. you know, clarity. That's the most important thing. The guy didn't get hurt, thankfully, or else this would have been a much bigger deal. The guy made a mistake. He made Devontae Adams made a mistake. He said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let's forgive mm-hmm. him. Got to get fined for sure. If I were Devontae, I'd definitely reach out to the guy and be like, again, I'm, I'm sure he has. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anything I could ever do, you know, let, let's, let's move on. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was, thankfully, he wasn't hurt. Let's focus on that and let's move on. I'm sure Devontae Adams feels like shit about it and would like 100%. to move on. So I think we, just, we can move on. Let's forgive someone who made a mistake yes. and move yes. forward. So good, great yeah. unleash, though. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want mine? I do. I do. Okay. Uh, Listen, obviously I'm a New York guy. I am not getting too far ahead of myself with the New York football giants. Four and one. Love my coach. We talked already about that. I'm over the moon. So, and I'm actually trying to be quiet about like, great. Awesome. I'm not taking any victory laps because it's only five games in. Now we're going to circle over to my Jets fan friends. However, we say that properly. My Jets fans, friends. who historically have always taken victory laps after week one, after week two, or beaten the Patriots once or whatever, and haven't been good in a really long time. I'm not a Jets hater. I do laugh at their pain, as many people laugh at my Knicks pain. I do laugh at the Jets pain. Jets fans, you should absolutely be excited. But I was in a Twitter conversation, which probably was my first mistake, with a good buddy of mine, Sean from the Knicks wall, great Knicks fan. And my guy was talking about, I can't believe the Jets are going to have a defensive rookie of the year and an offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> this is crazy. Look, look, look. Pump the brakes, okay? Yeah. Maybe Sauce Gardner could, and we debated Sauce Gardner as being a lockdown corner, and he certainly seems like he is. And maybe he will win defensive rookie of the year. Number one, who cares really about those awards? Those are great for the player individually. You want this team to develop. You want the young talent you have to develop. You have great young talent, take that victory lap. Who cares about the awards? Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. You've done that historically, and that historically does not work. So enjoy the wins that you've had. Enjoy this young talent. Don't talk about defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Just, 
you got a game this week against your Green Bay Packers, Olivia. Could New York snake bite you twice? I don't know. I like that it's in Lambeau, but these Jets are a problem. They really are. They are not. That's why, and I actually like the Jets this week. I like the Packers to win, but I think it's another tight one. Well, what I was just thinking, if, if you're bragging, we might have defensive rookie of the year and offensive rookie of the year. Well, I sure would hope so if you had two top 10 picks. Two top I mean, 10 I would hope picks. That- <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And what are they, number four and number 10, I think? Yes. Yes. I forget. And- but it, you would think, especially getting one on each side of the ball, that that'd be an option. <laughs> but no, hey, props to Robert Sala. I, yes. It, these Jets are, are kind of fun to watch. And I, I'm happy for Robert Sala. I've worked with him a little bit when he was the 49ers at DC. And uh, it's great seeing good things happen to good people. And I'm sure as a New York guy and as a Giants fan, you're just like, you're kind of like, oh, come on. We're having a moment. Not you. Listen, take all the head to see. I, this was what I did with you last week. I play, I downplayed the Giants in London. I'm going to okay. downplay this Giants Jets. They, Jets, you take all the headlines. Take all of them. Take every single one. We okay. will quietly go about our business while Coach Brian Dable wears Jordan Cement 3s. And we will just go so to work cool. and that's it. He's cool. We're on to Are the we Ravens. On the show? I'm Have trying. I actually reached out to him uh, and my friends at the Giants said, I don't think it's going to happen in season, which I love that okay. answer. Good. for yeah, Yes. I respect that answer. Because he's not taking a victory lap. And why would he be talking to us when right. he should be prepping for his game? I wouldn't talk to us. I mean, I got freaking sprinkled British cheddar on my head. We're not serious. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm in such a good mood talking about the New York football teams. Like, you know, we got Yankees playoff games in the city I'm living in, in Cleveland. Take the cheese off your head. Take it off. Thank you. Take the cheese off. Let's get ready for our interview with Zach Harper. Perfect. The NBA season tips off on Tuesday, and we're about to run our own fast break to get you ready. And leading the point is our guest staff writer for The Athletic, Zach Harper, is here. Zach, thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm ready to I'm ready to get back into the whole thing. What's weird is I, uh, I've been on vacation, not going anywhere, not doing anything fun. I've just been off <laughs> last couple of weeks, so I've been, like, cramming to get back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess Draymond got in a fight, and, you know, let's uh, let's see what else is going on much i mean look from trade demands to inter-office affairs right (laughs) it's really been one of the wildest most interesting off season so as you're catching up what's the one story you can't believe happened surprisingly it's that draymond punched a teammate and it's the teammate that he punched right it's not like if it was of like grizzly veteran or a big tough guy or something like that i'm like all right you know whatever this stuff happens and it does happen but jordan pool's like the little brother who I think is like a cat owner. It's just not the guy you would punch, right? Like, it's just not like, it's not, it's not that big tough guy. Like, yeah, he talks, but I think that and everything that kind of mushrooms off of that in terms of where we're going to see the chemistry of the warriors, which has always been something they can rely on of like, we know what we are. We know who we are. And now as defending champs and even a bigger target on their back and everything, like that's pretty big. But as I say this, I mean, the Ime Udoka stuff is actually really crazy. Like, I don't know why I said Draymond Green, because that is <laughs> between their injuries and their just disruption. And now they just have a, a whole new coach they weren't expecting to have. I should have suspected something when their own team governor came out and said, like a week prior, like, I think we're overrated. I think people are overrating us. We're to, I'm like, you just went to the finals. How are you overrated? But those are the, those are the two big ones, I guess. Now, look, everyone's obviously up in arms about the Draymond stuff. I had several conversations with friends who 
one of my buddies called me. He was like, you know what? You know when you look at someone and you're like, they know what they're doing. Like Draymond knows how to fight based off that punch. Yeah. There's zero doubt about it. Uh, look, now I feel like everyone's shipping Draymond Green off. Like, oh, the Warriors can't stay together like this, and that's going to be such a pro- like to me. Look, I've never been hit like that. I don't want to be hit like that. I've certainly <laughs> argued with teammates, and I've never played in the NBA. If any team could come back from that chemistry wise, it's the Warriors, right? Like, I think so. I think so. Like that, and it's it's not like it's a new guy who did it, right? Like they know Draymond, it, but Draymond did he overstepped the boundaries? Like yes. he crossed the line there, and. You're right. Like that was a, that was a bar punch. Like that is, that is like, that was, I have been hit like that. It sucks. Uh, and I, <laughs> but, I, but it was by a stranger. I didn't have to like be friends with this person anymore. Like it was by a stranger. And so oh my God, I feel like that's a whole story. Oh, yeah. that, there are plenty of those. There were plenty of those. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's something where I think the crazy thing about that and something that happened throughout the week of the, of the story is most of the people on the court didn't see the punch until the video got there. Like Steph yeah. Curry didn't see the punch happen. All he did was turn around and there's a scuffle, right? Like Andre Iguodala didn't see the punch happen. So there is, okay, we got, we had a practice fight, whatever it happens. You know, Jordan's on the, on the floor. He was shooting around and smiling after the practice when the media got let in. So it, it's not like he got sent to the hospital or anything, but once you see the way it happened and that there's just this immediate escalation. Yeah. Like we miss you. Well, not, not we necessarily, but like, Athletes often misuse, like, I'm so humbled by this experience, right? LeBron James saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to pass Kareem's scoring record. I'm humbled by that. It's like, that's not what that means. Like, you're not humbled by the idea that you're going to be the all-time leading scorer. Draymond Green is legitimately humbled by this. And it takes a lot to humble that guy. And so I do think, like, he has a ton of work to do to get back on the trust side for his entire team, for Jordan Poole. But it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee that it's going to happen. I would guess that it is. But if it, you know, two months in the season, it, Hey, this isn't going to be repaired. And maybe we do need to ship him somewhere because he's got a contract coming up and everything. I could see it. I just, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think they're going to be okay. It seemed like, you know, when you hear something happened and you're kind of like, Oh yeah. But when you see it or when you hear a recording of something, it all of a sudden is so much worse in sports. We can think of so many things that happen off the field, domestic violence type thing. When the Mm -hmm. video comes out, when the audio recording comes out, you're like, damn, that's, that sits different. Yeah. This kind of felt like that because, and of course, there was no audio to it. Have you heard anything about what might have been said? I, I have. I've read a lot of stuff of like what could have been said. I don't I know how too. much of it, it is real true. and how much of it is like people <laughs> trying to be the onion. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, there's there's just, it's like that that Kawhi Leonard story of he went to a restaurant and he had a bag of apples and they asked him what it, you know, what he wanted. And he's like, apple time, apple time. It's not a real story, but enough people believed it because Kawhi is like kind of a different dude. Right. And so now with the Draymond stuff and Jordan Poole, Jordan talks a lot. Draymond is Draymond. Like there's so many iterations of what you could say. Hey, I heard this happened and I'd probably believe it. I don't know what to believe though. What I heard before I saw the punch though, and you're in your right. What I heard was like Draymond punched him aggressively. I'm like, ah, what does that mean? And then I saw the video. I was like, mm-hmm. that's underselling it. That's yeah. that was not aggressively. Totally that was undersell. that was a just a straight up bar fight. Except one guy didn't seem to know he was fighting. And so yeah, like seeing that. And I think that's again like that's the thing for the team is once they all saw it. I mean, Steph rarely comes out and talks against a teammate, but Steph, mm-hmm. you know, made some pretty strong comments for him based on the situation while still trying to delicately balance that leadership role. And you know, Draymond 
it's not like he was just some guy on the team. Like he's one of their big leaders, and that's that's going to be a real thing that they have to fix. It did lead to uh, one of my favorite Twitter exchanges of 2022. Uh, Chris yeah. Childs, who is not verified on Twitter, so I hope it's the real Chris Childs. I believe my... it's him. I think it's him. I, he... I think we can we can't <laughs> confirm it, but like it's as close to a confirmation as possible. Yeah, I was like reading. I'm like, is this like a fake Chris Childs account? And Chris, basically, the Chris Childs account, who we believe is Chris Childs, is saying, man, if they if there is cameras in the 90s for those 90s mm-hmm. Knicks teams and early 2000s Knicks teams, that was like a regular thing. Also, it looked like that camera was from the 90s. What we <laughs> all the simply safe ads that every podcast uh-huh. has and there's no is there is, that might be on purpose that those security cameras are such shit quality. Yeah, I think you know, you could put filters on anything right now. Like I could look like, <laughs> like a dog out of nowhere if you guys wanted to. Like it's just like, you know, there's there's a lot you can do there. Yeah, it it definitely looked like like the early versions of a ring camera, right? Like the quality of it and they're like not the updated stuff, but that first like kind of prototype. And um, it's yeah. I mean, I, man, what would you pay to get the Charles Oakley practice footage? Cause I would pay a lot of money. Exactly. That I, I mean, I just go straight credit card on that one. Like whatever, I'll pay that off later. Like let's, we got to see all that stuff. So I think it was Chris Childs. I would love to hear Chris Childs stories on that. Like, no, we're going to get Chris Childs Oakley. on this pod to try to talk. The guy two-pieced Kobe Bryant during yeah. an NBA game, I think, Oak, should have I something mean, to say. I used to go to other teams' practices and fight. <laughs> like, not, like, I don't even know how he got in the building. Like, he would just walk in like, you owe me money. Like, let's go. Like, that's, you know, those, those 90s ones were different. And Steve Kerr kind of alluded to that. He said, of all the years in the NBA, I've seen 20-plus fights. That's probably a conservative number. And he said mm-hmm. the bigger problem right now is who leaked it. And that kind of leads to other organizational issues. And I just want to circle back to a team that's got a lot of organizational issues right now is the Boston Celtics. Once thought to be kind of a front runner to repeat and and be the leader in the East now, you just wonder where did all these cracks happen and, and where was the breakdown in organization? What do you think the Celtics do from here? Does this completely unravel their season? And obviously you mentioned the big injuries too. Right. I mean, it's tough because now you start wondering what was the real Celtics team? Was it the first half Celtics team where everyone's like, ah, maybe we should trade Tatum or Brown and maybe this isn't the right mix and everything. Or is it the second half team that dominated the NBA? I mean, absolutely dominated from every measurement you can, you can have out there on the floor. Like they were by far the best team in the second half of last season. And then obviously their playoff run was incredible. And you can say, yeah, there's luck because, you know, Chris Middleton got hurt. Sure. Absolutely. That happens in every postseason, though. Like we always see some team that isn't healthy and it hurts them. Celtics stayed healthy enough. They went through their own injuries um, trying to figure out which team that is. You know, they acquire Malcolm Brogdon. I love that move. They didn't give up much for him, but he misses a lot of time. He has plantar fasciitis issues and all kinds of extremity issues. And so is he going to be healthy and available? Robert Williams, the third already out, you know, months and after the injuries he's gone through earlier in his career, had the quick turnaround from the meniscus tear, you have to be concerned about his availability, even when he's back to whatever 100% looks like for him. The coaching situation, I mean, until this Ime Udoka stuff broke, I thought Celtics are the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. As good as the Bucks are, as good as the Miami or Philly or any of these teams, Brooklyn on paper at least, and until they figure out what, what that's going to be, I thought, no, the Celtics are still the team to beat now. I'd probably say Milwaukee is has their number, maybe had their number the whole time, but the Celtics, I mean, that's just what I like to do with the team and trying to figure out if they're legitimate or not, or if they're going to sustain 
is it's what I call the what if game. And once we start getting to like four or five what ifs of like, what if this guy's healthy? What if this coach is really good? And what if this guy can come back? And what if this chemistry, once we get to like four or five, you're really just grasping at straws there. And it, it feels like we're headed that way. It can correct. They could be healthy and everything could be fine, but it feels like we're headed to that four or five what ifs. Yeah, even the factor in, you know, I thought the Gallinari signing was going to be good, especially mm-hmm. coming around playoff time for them. He gets hurt. And then, you know, this is what makes me think you're like we're living in a simulator sometimes because you have Will <laughs> Hardy there who yeah. is primed and ready for a head coaching job. And then Danny Ainge plucks him away and then you lose your head coach. Like, gosh, if Will Hardy could have just, you know, just sat been there a an extra great, month. Easy step in. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if we're having these. Well, we're probably we're having them, but not maybe as deeply of like how screwed are the Celtics if Will Hardy's there. But uh, look, I still think they have a good roster. I think the East, and this is what I wanted to really dive in with you about, because obviously, mm-hmm. too, we know I'm a Knicks fan, and this is a safe, safe chat, right? Permission for me to talk of about course, the Knicks. Of course, yeah, of course, okay? yeah. I won't totally submarine the whole conversation, I promise. But the East, for once, as always, it's been the West for years. I think the the East, I, I sat down today and I really tried to figure out, okay, we're going to have six playoff teams. Who are they? We might be poised for a play-in that will rival the actual first round of the playoffs. So absolutely, I looked at some of the teams. Okay, so we have to pick six of these teams. Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Cavs, Nets, Heat, Raptors, Hawks, Bulls. I'm going to throw in the Knicks because it's, it's, the Knicks. it's our podcast, yeah. but I get yeah. it. So do you have your six yet? Is it, or is it just no way to even possibly hedge? Cause I want to know who's in the play-in. I think this plane could, yeah. we could see Knicks, Nets, Hawks, Raptors in the play-in. That's insane. Yeah. We might need to see like an executive decision by Adam Silver of like, Hey, the play-in is just going to be a best of five series. This yes. Year, right. Like no, going. like one and done. Like it, we really should get not in the West, just in the Eastern conference. We're going to yes. do this like best <laughs> of five. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you think about it, let's be unbiased here. Let's remove sure. the Knicks from the conversation just for now. We'll bring them right back in. Fine. But those are, you named nine really good teams. Not like, oh, they could like, these are nine legitimately good teams. There are only eight spots. One really good team is going to be left off. Maybe that's Brooklyn because whatever chemistry issues happened this summer when coaching weirdness and everything, like maybe that's them. Maybe it's the Raptors taking a step back. Maybe the Bulls were more fraudulent than we thought. Maybe the Cavs will be injured again and Donovan Mitchell's not going to make the difference. I don't know what that's going to end up being, but like, I feel confident Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami. Let's lock them into four spots. After that, I would guess the Cavs and the Raptors would probably round that out for me of like definites only because I don't know what Brooklyn's chemistry is going to be. Lonzo Ball's injury is actually very significant for Chicago because yeah. he was a he's a big part of what they do on both ends of the floor. I feel bad for Lonzo. Um, I know his dad was annoying. Lonzo's a good dude. He's like a, a good, good player, kid. too. Like he, he's, he's good. Yeah, he's really like good. He's got some real issues yeah. physically. I hate to see that. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, Atlanta, maybe there's some weirdness just in trying to get everyone on the same page. At first, we do see some, not chemistry issues, but just getting that cohesiveness. Uh, but even that, they might be really good right out of the gate. I don't know. And so I don't know. I, I think trying to predict the East of who's just going to be in that top six is really difficult. If you end up, doing whatever bets you can and you end up nailing that 
they should just give you a vault. Like, just give you a, like, I don't <laughs> know. MGM I don't care what the odds are. Yeah, that MGM should just be like, here's a vault. We filled it up as much as we could. You get it because you guessed that correctly. You don't think there's any chance, and I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I think there's a small chance that the Heat maybe are that bubble team that falls a little, only because they're a little bit older of a team. Yeah. They're a little top-heavy. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they could be one injury away from, like, okay, we have to scramble to get to that 6 seed. I don't know. That's the team I picked to, like, I actually feel more comfortable about the Raptors than the Heat. Yeah. The Raptors scare me more than the Heat. Yeah, I love this Raptors team. They're just so smart and so versatile, like I, and they can endure pretty much anything. Um, the thing about the Heat, though, where I don't think they'll take a step back because it, it, it's tough that they lost P.J. Tucker and didn't really replace him. They have, you know, still pretty much everyone there, but they had a lot of guys miss time last year. Jimmy yeah. Butler missed 20-plus games. Yeah. Bam Adebayo missed 20-plus games. Kyle Lowry missed a bunch of games. Like, they had a lot of missed opportunities, but the reason that that team is so good, and you have to mention Heat culture whenever you talk about yeah. the Heat, otherwise Pat Riley will come and punch you in the face for not saying it, <laughs> but the Heat culture, it really does breed the next man up mentality and so they do eric spolster just plugs in the next guy and they're still able to win regular season games maybe that doesn't make them a true contender year after year after year in the playoffs but in the regular season i do think they're built to endure that assuming guys don't miss 40 games they can probably endure 20 something games but 40 games would start being maybe too much to make up for we've kind of been touching on it but i want to really dig into the brooklyn situation because yeah. it's it's fascinating and on paper they're looking good because we could see obviously Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons but do they contend this year as 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 you expand on this or is Steve Nash fired at some point and we see a fire sale at the trade deadline yeah i mean everything sounds good right now they're all saying yeah. the right things but it's easy to say the right things now what happens if they lose four games in a row in november or december yeah. or january this thing isn't going to go away they could still be really good throughout the regular season. I mean, on paper, you have Kevin Durant, you have Ben Simmons, you have Kyrie Irving, you have Seth Curry, you have uh, Nick Claxton's really good, like as in his role. You have Royce O'Neal, who's a nice pickup when they lose Bruce Brown. You have, um, I feel like I'm missing Joe Harris will be here. back. I think that's Joe Harris for them. will be back, and I really we know do. he can shoot the lights out. Like they have a really good team on paper, but you tried to get the coach and the GM fired. That has to matter. This isn't a video game. Like where you just, okay, guy's back, and now here we go. Kyrie Irving should be on his best behavior because it's a contract year, but it's Kyrie. Like, that's, I mean, I don't know how you I feel love confident <laughs> that he's going to be out there for 60. Oh, as someone who needs stuff to talk about every day, I love Kyrie Irving. Like, he is a content machine for us. But, you know, Kevin Durant, as great as he's been since coming back from the injuries, he still misses a bunch of time, too, and that's tough to make mm -hmm. up for. Ben Simmons is better than everyone's been you know, kind of hammering him for over the last couple of years. He's still an all NBA defender. He's still an all NBA player. He can still get you, you know, 16, eight and eight every single night with great defense. But is he someone that's going to be available every game after what we just saw last season? There's just so much on paper that that makes sense. And so much in the headlines that makes you just kind of cock your head like a like a German shepherd wondering if they're getting a treat or something right now. Like, it's just it's yeah. such a weird thing for them. And so, I don't know. You could tell me Steve Nash is going to be coach of the year. I'm like, okay, I get it. You could tell me he's going to be fired in December. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I just don't, I don't know how you predict them. If it stays relatively on paper, love their chances. But I don't feel comfortable that that's going to happen. I love their chances in the regular season. I think the Nets come out super strong. I think they make mm -hmm. an early statement. I think they feed on some teams early. 
the other elephant in the room, there's lots of elephants in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. There's the most elephants I think they've it's ever a, it's seen. It's Barnum in and Brooklyn. Bailey's yeah. circus. Like there's so many <laughs> elephants involved. I'm actually like in I'm foregoing the regular season. I think they're one of those top six easily. I really do. Mm-hmm. My elephant in the room that has been Philly's elephant in the room that's now the Nets. See if Ben Simmons is healthy, can you still, and this is always the problem, and it remains the problem until we can you play him in the fourth quarter of a playoff series? That's the issue. And if he's your yeah. third best player, which he arguably is, and we'll see as long as he's healthy, you still may have to bench your third best player in the fourth quarter of a second round playoff game. I think that's the biggest hurdle that they're going to face because those questions yeah. are all still there since the last time we saw him play basketball was he's passing up a wide open dunk. I hate to keep saying it, but the other thing is, can, can you hit? 60% from the foul line, which he has never proven that he could. I don't even think he needs to. He just needs to not be afraid to go to the foul line. Like, obviously, you don't want to miss free throws. You need to make a decent amount of them. But the reason Giannis is so... Well, there are a lot of reasons Giannis is so great. But right. the, one of the reasons Giannis is so great is he's not a good free throw shooter. But he's not deterred from just being a battering ram and trying to right. knock down whatever is in front of him, get fouled, go to the free throw line. Ben Simmons isn't quite the physical specimen that Giannis is. But he's 6'10", 240, crazy athletic, very strong when not going against Giannis. Like, like he's he's physically capable of doing a lot of that stuff. And yes, he may go one of two from the free throw line every single time. But the accumulation of that. That would be a blessing. Yeah, but you get the other team in foul trouble. And then Kevin Durant draws a ticky-tack foul. He goes to the free throw line for two. Kyrie Irving gets a ticky-tack foul. He goes to the free throw line for two. Like, there is this effect of, if Ben Simmons can realize, yes, I may be laughed at at the free throw line, but overall, this is going to help us. You can absolutely play him in the fourth quarter. It's when he's afraid of the contact because he doesn't want that spotlight moment of being at the free throw line. That's the trouble. Maybe it gets mitigated by the idea that Kyrie and Kevin Durant can set up the offense at any point. Seth Curry as right. well, to a certain degree. Like They didn't really have that in Philly. Philly, they needed Ben Simmons to get everybody into their sets, so it was a little more difficult. But yeah, like just be a battering ram. You can get laughed at, but then laugh in the next round of the playoffs at, at the people who are laughing at you. The two things I look at are Giannis two years, the year before the championship year had free throw problems. He corrected those when they won the championship. He, did, yeah. he was actually great from the, I think in that clinching game, he was like 18 for 19 or something like crazy yeah. like that. So I don't know. I just look at it like when they're playing in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, you're playing a team like Miami or Toronto, and they're literally, you don't have to guard a player on their team. It just makes it a lot easier. I mean, you're right. Durant yeah. and Kyrie could mitigate all of that. That's how good they are. But I, I think it's four V five until he's shown well, he can make one out of two free throws. I will say like in that game seven, he did shut down Trey Young, right? Like for a lot, like Trey Young went like four for 18 in that game. Yes. And, and Ben yes. Simmons was guarding him. So, defensively, he still is very significant in a very positive way. But when he says, yeah, I turned and saw a Jersey, saw a Hawks Jersey. So I decided to pass. It's like that Hawks Jersey is eight inches shorter than you. What are you talking about? You saw a Hawks Jersey. You saw over the Hawks Jersey. Like there's no way. And so, yeah, like he's just going to, he will have to prove whatever that mental hurdle is that he, that he can clear it. Okay, let's go to the West for a little bit. LeBron James going into year 20, and I'm not sure how much this Lakers team really improved. They added Pat Beverly, who I love, but he's had mm-hmm. contentious history with Russ, and Anthony Davis has already been out with back spasms. What's the ceiling for this team this year? 
I one, I love that we're already getting stories of like Russ and Pat are friends now. Yeah, like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I'm buying. They were at Koi the um, other night. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, they're on the beach together, just training. Like, it's great. It's Apollo and Rocky all over again. Um, no, like I, I mean, I think it's really good for the Lakers that LeBron is approaching this Kareem record because you can distract from all the losses with, Hey, come check out LeBron James as he marches towards the all time scoring record. I don't see unless there's just a crazy rash of injuries throughout. I don't see how they finish in the top six at all, unless they're very healthy. I don't see how the Lakers are even like the seven seed in the play in tournament. Like I, I think this team's going to be really bad. Anthony Davis is not someone you can rely on to be healthy on the court. LeBron James has not been healthy and reliable to be on the court consistently since he joined the Lakers, other than the season where they won the title. Pat Beverly helps a lot. They really need a player like him. But Jovan Buha, who covers the Lakers for the Athletic, this was before the Pat Beverly trade, but he was kind of looking at what their closing lineup could be this season. And it was hmm. essentially LeBron and AD, Austin Reeves, Juan Toscano Anderson, Troy Brown Jr. Of like who he thinks Darvin Ham will trust in clutch moments. I beg any random person on the street to be able to point out Austin Reeves or Troy Brown Jr. or Juan Toscano Anderson to me. Like there's just like that, like good for them. They're NBA players. It's not like they're talentless, but those are not guys who should be closing games ever. That's just not. And the Lakers are going to have to put probably two of those guys out there now that Pat Beverly is there. I, I just don't think. I think so much. I mean, we talked about the what if game. We're like 12, 13 deep into the what if game to get the Lakers just to be a team that matters in a really positive way and can be a problem. Like, I think at this point, anyone who's not writing them off is just that's respect out of LeBron's resume. That is respect out of watching LeBron carry teams. He can still do it offensively. He was a bad defender last year. And maybe there was no incentive to be good defensively because the rest of the team was so bad. But I don't think it's reasonable to ask a guy year 20 to carry a team on both ends of the floor. And they don't really have the personnel to help out with that. Staying in L.A., though, a team you're talking about the Lakers closing five. I I can't ignore this. And it's so hard because you just never know what the health is going to be. That closing five of the Clippers, which could go a few different ways. But if everyone Mm -hmm. is healthy, if you're looking at. Reggie Jackson or John Wall or both, who knows, whoever's playing mm. better. You still have Luke Kennard, you still have Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi, Zubak. They're going to get another center to back up Zubak at some point. Is this the year we finally get the Clippers that we've been waiting for? Like, uh, you know, the prince that's going to save us all? Because we've been waiting. We haven't really seen it. We saw it for a flash in the bubble and it wasn't yeah. very good. Is it happening? Unfortunately, Prince is usually out because of a knee injury, right? Uh, the, the one that's supposed to save us. Like, that's, that's the yeah. issue. Um, if you tell me, like, even if you tell me, like, hey, those guys are only going to play 60 games this year, but they'll be healthy for the playoffs, I'm in. Right. Like, get them healthy for the playoffs. I'm completely in on this Clippers team. I just don't know how you trust that at this point because of the injury issues. Like, that team, the great thing about that Clippers roster is even when they go small, they play big. Like, because everyone's 6'8", everyone's strong. Like, you, you, can, you can be so versatile with that group and not really lose a whole lot unless like you're going against a Jokic or an Embiid or one of those monster centers, right? right? But there aren't that many of those. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like you could go, they could go small against even a team like the Timberwolves. And I would feel like they have the physical advantage. Like they, it's just, and they're so well coached. Tyler was such a good coach. He's been able to separate himself from, well, he won a title because LeBron was a player. Like, no, that dude's a good coach. You look at what that Clippers team had last year and they were as competitive as they were with 
Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard as their two most consistent best players. That's great coaching. They were great defensively last year without Kawhi the whole season, without Paul George for a big chunk of it. That team is super deep. They're super talented. They're just super injured all the time. And so if, if they're healthy, I think, I think they're as good as anybody. I think they're title contenders and they can, they can beat literally anybody that's thrown at them. I just, I got to see Kawhi out there yeah. for, for the full playoffs. Yeah, if they're healthy, that closing five to me is yeah. a problem. I don't for know. Everyone. You, you can't score on it and you can't stop it. Like it really is that incredible. You just have to hope that, you know, Paul George is is not clutch and he ends up with the ball. Like that's really the all you can hope for. We're gonna stay out west for an, a little bit longer, but I we're, we're gonna close with the Knicks. I'm just preparing everybody. Of course, I, yeah, I yeah, teased yeah. it early. Just a couple so, more minutes and then like just two hours on the Knicks and then we're good. Yeah. <laughs> right, a few more minutes here and then yeah. probably till yeah about until Monday, until Thursday night football kicks off and then we'll right. talk yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, we got time. Yeah. Okay, we talked about the East being so deep, especially when you get like six through twelve almost. I think the 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 West is not quite as deep, but they're really top heavy. But the teams that I'm looking at that I have my biggest question marks of who are you going to be this year? I think the Grizzlies are going to be good. It's mm-hmm. the Suns. Like, has your window closed? Can you recover from that awful playoff performance that we saw? And the team I'm most excited about, we mentioned it in the football way, like the Russell Wilson trade. If you're the Pelicans, you traded Anthony Davis away. Yes, the Lakers got a bubble championship, but now you have all these picks on a team that, like you said, yeah. Might not be there, even close to there in the end. Pelicans and the Suns, okay? Where do we stack them up in this top-heavy West? The Suns are still deep. The, the Jake Crowder stuff is kind of weird that, like, right. just all of a sudden, he's, like, he's gone, right? Like he, he wants didn't a show ring. Up to camp. Yeah, he wants a ring, and it, but, like, you should be able to win a ring in Phoenix. Like, that's a good team, but also, I mean, DeAndre Aiden and Monty Williams didn't talk. Like, it was media day. He's like, I haven't talked to him since Game 7. I haven't talked to Coach since Game 7. <sighs> That's, That's crazy. crazy. You signed a $130 million deal with them. I mean, you had you were forced into it because of the restrictive free agency, but like you signed a deal and you didn't hear from them or you didn't like choose to hit them back or something like that. Like I, that's crazy. And so there could be some real chemistry problems. Also, we have to be aware that as great as Chris Paul is, the deeper you get into a, a, a marriage with him in the NBA, whether it's the Clippers or the, the Hornets Pelicans or whatever, like, as the years go on, he starts grading on his teammates. Like he just does. And yes. so that's got to be coming at some point, even for a, a group like that. Phoenix should still be regular season good, playoff good, like that. You know, maybe, you know, there were reports that they had, they got hit with COVID right before game seven. And, and so maybe that really affected it. I, right. I don't know what to make out of that collapse, but you lose by 30, 40 points at home for a game seven. Like there, there are some issues there. And so. They can get over it, but the Pelicans, this is an important thing to remember about the Pelicans. They got off to an awful start last season because of injuries, because of a lot of stuff. The last 63 games of the year, they were 33 and 30. Like they were above 500 team for most of the year, but they had a losing record because the start was so bad. Willie Green can coach. He can flat out coach. There's a lot of talent on that team. They played a lot of rookies last year, a lot of young guys, and they they soaked up all that experience. They figured out how to fit their role. And now you bring Zion back. We have to remember Zion is a monster. His second year in the NBA is something nobody had done. 27 points a game on 60% shooting. Wilt didn't do that. LeBron didn't do that. Shaq didn't do that. Jordan didn't do that. No one had done that in their second year except for Zion. Like he is an absolute scoring machine and he doesn't really know what he's doing out there. So as he gets more experience with those guys, it's just going to be scary you have to worry about injuries because CJ McCollum's had injury issues. Ingram's had injury issues, obviously Zion, but that team is so good. Like if you told me 
you're back from the future and you saw and they were the second seed in the West, I'd believe it. Like they're they're going to be so good. Herb Jones alert. We did not mention Herb Jones. We love you, Herb <laughs> you Jones. Have, yeah, sorry. I don't want Pelicans Twitter to be even I more would be mad so me. mad at you. I did not mention Herb Jones. <laughs> Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy. The th- yeah, all those guys. They're all good. Okay, well, obviously, we're, uh, we're a betting show. And Luka yes. Doncic is the MVP favorite at plus 400, followed by Joel at plus 600, then Giannis plus 650. Who is your super early MVP favorite if someone calls back from the future and Ooh. tells you who won it all? Uh, isn't it crazy that Jokic isn't up there at all? Like back-to-back MVPs, no. they're going to be really good. Like they're going to probably win sixty games if they can stay healthy. Like it's, but it, he would have know, to average like row, thirty-five, fifteen, and might. twelve, and he might. He and might, might yeah, win it. He might. <laughs> that might do um, it. I think. I think Embiid is an interesting pick there. Can I go off the board like super dark? Horse? Yes, please. Off menu. We love off menu. The media loves him. They're going to have a bounce back year. He puts up great stats. He's almost infallible as a guy in terms of reputation, Damian Lillard could be the MVP. If they finish, if they finish sixth in the West, which usually you have to be higher than that, but like that team, that team had the most loss. So before last season, the record for most 30 point losses in a season was 10 by, I think like the 91 nuggets or something like that. They had 15 last year. They shattered the record. Like they tanked so hard or sorry, they played young guys, right? You have to be careful about how you word that. (laughs) They lost so hard the second half of the season with, and kind of intentionally once they realized like they didn't have it, they traded off guys, Dame sat out, like all that stuff. This team's going to bounce back. They made great offseason moves. If they're like 48 and 34 and sixth or fifth in the West, like Dame is going to have a monster campaign to have. Like if I'm going away from the favorites, like Dame would be the guy that I throw out there as my dark horse. I'm trying to find his odds. I was That's not the thing. They're so down. Like they're so down the list that I oh, really think it. he could be a massive, massive pick. I'm taking it. Cause also too, I even just remember someone was just talking about like the catch and shoot stats from like Simon's when playing with Dame mm-hmm. and like CJ McCulloch. CJ's been great without Dame, but he does make everyone better as well. If we could see a healthy yeah. Nurkic, okay. Healthy Nurkic, stay. Jeremy Grant's there. They picked up GP2. Josh Hart was a great addition. Josh Hart's a He's great addition. Going. Nasir Little had a really good year. Like that that team, that team's gonna be good. Like we got Gary Payton. Yeah, it's funny. Like, oh, we I talk, like it. Zach. Oh, we talk about, so much it. about like, oh, what could the Lakers be? What could the Lakers be? I don't think the Lakers are better than Portland. Like that's the thing. Like I think this Portland team's gonna be good. Zach, I am all on that bet. If I'm they're all not, over it. None of this. This was all shtick. If that, like, if, they, if, if, if it's wrong, <laughs> I'm all Lillard on that bet. Is 14th best odds in the NBA at plus 5,000. Woo! Plus, oh, all over it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Can you guys indulge me now for five minutes before we let Zach go? go please. You have the floor, Jerry. Yeah. Let's no, do no, it. No, no. I don't. You jump in here, Olivia. You should absolutely criticize me right now. But. <laughs> Last I spoke to our friend Zach Harper, you were, weren't you hosting for MV, was, I was supposed, was MV, I was hosting NBA, NBA Radio. Yeah, SiriusXM NBA, NBA Radio. Radio yeah. Right. So yes, I was on promoting this very podcast, yeah. and I think yeah. it was Zach who asked me, or someone who, if you had to make your pitch to Donovan Mitchell of like why New York, mm-hmm. I went on this rant. It actually was all over Twitter the next day. It yeah. was one of my better rants. It was great about. <laughs> someone's going to bring a title to the Knicks. It was Why 35 you, minutes. Donovan? So we had to blow past all these commercial <laughs> breaks. It was fantastic. Yeah. So now like every Nick van, it's like the girl who turned me down when I asked her to dance. I'm kind of like, well, she wasn't really all that anyway. I'm sort of doing that mm-hmm. with the Donovan Mitchell trade. Like, yeah. you know, I'm glad the Knicks didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell. Look at all the young pieces. We got 
in hindsight, it'll play itself out. Should the Knicks have thrown the whole farm at Donovan Mitchell? I still say no, but I'm jaded. Yeah, I mean, for what he ended up going for, I mean, what it was rumored, like when they're saying like it's got to be even a greater draft haul than than what they got for Gobert. No, you don't do that for Donovan Mitchell. For what it ended up being, Colin Sexton, Lowry Markinen, three picks and a swap. Yeah, I like I I think it's doable. The the argument against it is well, he doesn't really fit with what they have. And my right. view is like, well, create something better than what you have. Like what you have just <laughs> got trying. you. Like yeah, I mean <laughs> like. Everything's going to matter. Like whether they got Donovan Mitchell or not, everything's going to matter on who is Julius Randle this year. That is the key to everything. Yeah. He sucked last year. He was so bad. Like that's probably the worst we've ever seen him play. He was fighting with fans. Like it, like that was, that was as uh, hopefully as rock bottom as it gets for him, especially on that stage with that media and that scrutiny and everything. If he bounces back, that's going to be a really nice team. I love the Jalen Brunson pickup. Like, I'm not a big Fournier guy, so that's going to, you know, that's going to be tough, but I love RJ Barrett. I thought the, the deal they gave him was really smart, really good, and it's easy for him to justify that. The young guys, the bench has been a strength for them. I think the question I have the most with them is outside of Julius Randle is probably like just, what's Tom Thibodeau going to do? Is his leash very short with the front office, or is he going to be allowed to coach his way? Is he going to play the young guys, which historically he does not, or does he recognize like, no, these are the the guys that galvanize that second unit. And these are the guys that are going to make a big difference for them. What's Mitchell Robinson going to be defensively. The idea of him is great. The application of him has been a lot of jumping at nothing. And then you, you got an easy road to the basket. Like I probably would have traded for Donovan Mitchell because as good as I think Quentin Grimes can be, or any of those young guys, Donovan Mitchell is that it's the whole family guy thing of, would you like the boat or the mystery box? It's like the mystery box could be anything. It could be a boat. Like, you know, or you could just have the boat, right? Like, I would rather the Donovan Mitchell and try to grow and build outside of that. But I understand why they didn't do it. You just have to hope that everything gels together because that's another team with a lot of what ifs. So I believe they're over under 38 and a half win total for the Knicks. If I'm, if I'm off or if it's changed, that's yeah. the last time I remember looking. So say it is 38 and a half. Now, I'm going to make a little bit of a case before you give your answer because okay. we're going to let you go with the over. But I think. And again, total homer. I think the Knicks are closer to the four seed from two years ago than they are whatever they were, the 11 seed this right. year. My reasons being, they legitimately did not have a point guard last year. Derek Rose missed a ton of time. Yeah. Even like the stability of Alfred Payton to start, but Derek Rose played a majority of the minutes. You know, Alec Burks was running point guard. I think Alec Burks was the most mistreated player in the NBA. Uh, people were criticizing his numbers. He was playing point guard a majority of the time. Yeah. That's not what he should He's be not doing. A point guard. Yeah. So I think having Brunson, having Rose, and that stability of actually having real point guards, if they could stay healthy, I think they'd make that over easy and really compete for the sixth seed. And I think they're a lock for the plane. If you had to guess right now, 38 and a half over under Knicks total, barring relative health. Yeah. What do you have to say right now? I would guess, like, I think that's about a 500 team. I mean, it's, uh, this is, this is why the, the odds makers are so good, right? Because I look at 38 and a half. Right. Like, it's a great number. It's a great number. Real <laughs> tough number. Like, how do I push on 38 and a half? Like, how, can they get a half win? Like, that feels about right to me. Like, relative health, like, that should be a 500 team. There's a lot of talent. I don't know how much of that talent fits together. That's the issue, right? Like, I don't know how much yeah. of that fits together, but there's a lot of talent on that team. And, and maybe I'm just like, I've always been an RJ Barrett guy. So I think that kind of colors me a little bit. I think he's been misused. And I think, I think Tibbs could 
could use him a lot better as an initiator, but that team should be at worst 10th in the East in the playing tournament, ready to go. Like they should be better than Washington. They should be better than Charlotte, especially with this LaMelo ball injury and everything that happened with miles bridges. They should be, you know, I, Detroit with the Bogdanovich pickup, like that's an interesting one to me, but that's still a very young team. Young cores don't generally win. Orlando not going to do anything like they they should be there for the 10 spot at worst. But again, like after what happened last year, there is some even for a non Knicks supporter, like there's some PTSD of trying to believe in that team. But I have to believe that Tom Thibodeau is going to get them at least back to the defensive part that they should be at. Like that should be something that's a given for them. And and if they're healthy, like that shouldn't be a an issue like how they score at the end of games. I could see that being an issue, but that should still be a good defensive team. Look at Jerry's right. satisfied little smile. <laughs> so satisfied I am satisfied as I, how, how as I thought does of he that. just text you Nick's articles of like, maybe we talk about this on the, on the, <laughs> hasn't even started yet. Zach. No, hey, started. this is our, this is uh-huh. our first okay. real NBA conversation. Okay. We started this podcast what, like seven mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah. It's been all NFL. That's why when I knew you were coming on, you are one of my favorite people to talk right. hoops with. We've been talking hoops for years and yeah. reading all your stuff. Okay. Last thing. It starts for you Tuesday. You're entering your busy season. Not mm-hmm. that you weren't busy coming up, but we're in season. What game are you more excited for Tuesday, October 18th? Sixers Celtics, which is a great one. That's going to be good. Lakers yeah. Warriors. Just from like a storyline where it's, you know, we're starting the, the holiday season yeah. almost. <laughs> what are you more excited to watch on that opening Tuesday night? I, I want to see. They're good games. Lakers Warriors. That's what I want to see. Yes. I mean, the Draymond stuff alone. Is he going to be allowed to be a ring night? Or is he going to be suspended? Like, he's like, I'm going to take some time away from the team. Like, take some time away. Buddy, the season's starting. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means he's suspended yet or they're going to, like, still try to figure out where the suspension should be. If they're dangling this, like, who leaked the the video thing as a distraction? Like, I, I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if they let him come for ring night and they just wheel him out there like Hannibal Lecter and then wheel him back into the into the tunnel. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you handle that. I could see, you know, you remember, do you remember when we had like the gun story with the Wizards locker room and Gilbert Arenas? And then when he finally got oh, back yes. out on the court, they like do the pregame huddle and everything. And he like does finger guns. Like does if, if Draymond gets his ring on the 18th, does he go out there and like fake square up with Joe Lacob and like do like a fun little thing? Like, I don't know what I don't like. It's Draymond. Anything could happen. And then you get to the game itself. It's LeBron and AD. It's Pat Beverly trying to annoy Steph Curry. Clay Thompson's back to full health. Like. That you know the young guys with like Kuminga and Moody and Wiseman. That's a great one. You know Wiggins is a K-pop star now. Like there's just so many storylines <laughs> for that game, and and so like that's the one. And also like I you know selfishly, I'm a West Coast guy. I love watching East Coasters complain about the times of everything with the ring ceremony I and everything. The ring ceremony is gonna push that game way back. You're gonna be asleep by halfway through the second quarter, and I'm just gonna yeah. be eating popcorn and loving the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that Lakers warriors matchup. Yeah. Patrick Beverly is definitely going to go up to Jordan Poole and be like, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's go- he is going to try to legitimately bully yeah. Jordan Poole that night. Like there, there's going to be a whole, whole thing there. Oh, oh I God. cannot wait. It's coming that. soon. Zach, thank you so much. I am so happy. We had a basketball conversation. Please come back on as Absolutely. we actually have some real data to discuss and yes. real wins and losses. And, uh, yeah, get ready. Your busy season is upon you. Yeah, I, no one's going to pay attention until after football's done, but the NBA, it's fantastic. It oh, still that's is. not true. <laughs> I will, <laughs> Zach. I will. Go next. Yeah. All right, you can follow him on Twitter at Talk Hoops and read his NBA insight on The Athletic all season. Zach, thanks again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
We are kind of knee-deep now in NBA stuff, which is so fun. Season's starting soon. I know Mark Cuban has been involved with Entourage. Now, you know, I haven't gotten there yet. Is he a guest on the show, I take it? Yes, Mark Cuban comes on the show. He plays himself. He plays Mark Cuban. Yes, uh, and he's actually even said over the years, I think that's helped, what's helped lead him to Shark Tank. Really? And kind of being in, yeah, I, I think he's said that. I hope I'm not misquoting him. But yeah, Mark Cuban has been on a bunch of times. I've acted with Mark Cuban several times. All on Entourage or elsewhere? No, all all on Entourage. And okay. one thing stands out with him that I always remember was like the coolest thing. And I, I really wish I could have followed him. So it might have been his first day, maybe second day. And we're doing this scene. I don't want to spoil too much for you. I won't talk really what the scene's about. It's okay. him, me. I think Kevin Dillon might have been in it. And Bob Odenkirk, actually, who plays Saul on Better okay. Call Saul. Oh, he's plays so good. Like, plays Mark Cuban's like financial advisor, right? Okay. So the show's gone. And this is 2011, I guess it was. Whenever LeBron signed with the Heat, it was 2011, right? That sounds right. So, yeah. So that day at 9 p.m. Pacific was when free agency officially opened up. Well, that day we were shooting. So I just thought that was really, and obviously LeBron being the, the, the greatest prize mm-hmm. for any franchise. So we're doing scenes and in between takes, Cuban's like looking at his phone or whatever. <laughs> and then we're telling you, he's like, and he's the one who tells me, he's like, yeah, uh, guys, just so you know, at nine o'clock Pacific time, I'm, I have to, I'm walking out that door. Wow. <laughs> because I have phone calls to make. Wow. And obviously we were totally cool with that. So Wait, sorry we, to interrupt. Just because of the trickle effect? Like, he didn't think he was getting LeBron. He just didn't know how the dominoes were going to fall after? I think at that point, it was, it was like early on, and I think all the rumors were, it was obviously the Knicks thought they had mm-hmm. a shot. He's, he's not staying with the Cavs, or maybe the Cavs. The Mavs were certainly in the, at least the public conversation. Who knows what was the real deal behind the scenes. So we finish our stuff. Now, what you do when you're shooting, right? You Obviously, it's called sides. Like, I'm on one side, Cuban's on the other. So they shoot all of Mark's stuff first on his side. So all his stuff is in the can. We have it. But I still have to get all my stuff. And it's approaching 9 o'clock. So he, he's done. He's wrapped. I am now going to do my scene with, like, a green tennis ball on the other side. No, as come my on. Eye line. Yes. But listen, normally, that's like an acting no-no. Like, you show up for your off-camera work as an actor. Yeah. You give it up even more on your off camera because you want to help get the good performance. In this case, because I'm such a basketball ha- head, I didn't get whatever. You could put anything in front of me. I'll get the scene done. <laughs> so as he's leaving and he's like getting into his car and he's like, I'm like, Mark, who's your first call? And he smiles. He's like, ah, maybe, maybe LeBron. I don't know. We'll call LeBron. But I also think Dirk was doing a deal too. So he's like, no, I got to call. I'm calling Dirk first. Yeah, take I think care of your guy. Finishing up Dirk. And like he's getting in his car on his cell phone. And I just thought to myself, man, that's gotta be so cool. Clock strikes nine, midnight East Coast. He's in a car and he like who he's called Dirk. He's gonna call LeBron's people. He's just gonna roll calls. And I wanted to be in that car as yeah. his like assistant or something, just watching that all unfold. So one of the few times you're allowed to break that acting rule of not doing your off camera. I've seen other people break it, yeah. not for nearly as good of rules as Mark Cuban. <laughs> Man, I never knew that was a thing. And I, I guess naivete, I would think everyone's just standing there. I would think there'd be two cameras facing like each other like that. But I, I just would have thought it was done in one fell swoop. But you really do like 
one half all the lines, the other half all the lines. Yeah. I love behind the scenes stuff like this because in TV, like in in sports, like even on sports broadcasts, we have some hidden tricks as well. But, right. you know, this isn't about that. This is about Entourage. So no, I'm listen, gonna I, I, I'm going to turn it on sports. you. I, when we're <laughs> no. done with Entourage, then we're going to do our sideline reporting stuff because I have oh. questions. That's something I'm super fascinated by and, okay. and would love to pick your brain about. And I think the audience would want to know, too. Okay, well, you can do that. The Lions Blog. So, obviously, our go to BetMGM betting expert, Peter Andrew, we talked last week. He was getting married this past weekend. And, you know, we just want to let him live a little. Let's, let's not bother him. So, we're giving him the week off. But, Jerry, you've got some bets you've put together. And I think you even built a little parlay, right? Yeah. You know, look, I do not claim to be any kind of Peter Andrew. We love him. We miss him. But he's, he's in a better place. He's a married guy now. Who knows where he's he is? He's in a better place. But I, I do have some games. I'm not going to bore you with my three team 10 point teasers that I've been hitting every single week. I'm five and oh in three team 10 point teasers, but those are risky. Those are very risky and not always the smartest thing. I'm going to stick with Peter's format and Olivia, please critique or jump in. If you have a argument or a better option, look, I'm sorry to do this to your Packers. I actually like the Packers to win, but I'm putting three units on the New York jets plus seven. I think that's, I think that's like a four point, or less game. I think that's a final possession game. I think the Packers cruise. I think the Jets come back around and make it close. I I just don't know if you could blow the Jets out at this point. They're too frisky. So I like three units on that. And second bet, here's a team that I've been all on for the first five weeks, and they've completely screwed me every single time. So this is a bit reactionary, but also I love what I'm seeing for the Patriots. The Patriots plus three in Cleveland now, I know that's, you know that's the home field, three points that we're talking about there. I really like what I see from the Patriots' defense, their run game. I don't think it really matters what quarterback they have. I think this is a Bill Belichick special. I think Bill Belichick likes coaching a Patriots team like this more than 07 when they were putting up 70 points a game with Tom Brady and Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. I think he loves this. And also talk about revenge game, which we don't believe in. The Cleveland Browns fired Bill Belichick. We remember this. Right. So if anyone has an ax to grind, I think Bill Belichick is going to step on the gas here. And if you could get him plus three, what's the yeah. worst thing that happens? I think maybe the Browns win by a field goal, which they have not proven they could do. So three units on the, on the Patriots. I really, I like truly it. do love that. And okay, I do not normally like going with the big Bills-Chiefs matchup. We all know that's going to be a heavyweight showdown rematch from the AFC Championship game. And what a game it was. Chiefs are plus three at home. Now, if we're taking in the three points for the home field, are we saying that the Bills are six points better than the Chiefs? I think anytime you can get the Chiefs as an underdog at home, I think they're worth three units. Yes. And again, I think that's a safe number because I do think this could be another field goal game. So I like the Chiefs plus three for my three units. So that's nine. And now I don't have the Peter Andrews single game parlay. (laughs) Because <laughs> I don't really, you know, some of the Thursday night lines are just kind of coming to us. Also, good luck figuring out a single game parlay with the Commanders and the Bears. Ugh, but I have a parlay brutal. for you. And I don't know how you're going to okay. like it. I like the Commanders plus one. I know that's crazy to think. Uh, and I also like the over 38, something that I don't think no. anyone's going to be on. I think for a one unit parlay, Commanders plus one, 
over 38 points. I think these teams are going to score some points. I think the commanders have 14 garbage points in them easily. And I think the Bears figured out some things with you. The Bears were in that game. The Bears, that dude got the ball ripped out of his hand while the Bears were driving downfield to go ahead or tie that game. So I think the Bears figured some stuff out. And I I think it's going to be an awful game to watch. I go Commanders plus one over 38. I think it'll be an awful game. I think you're right. Um, (laughs) These are two of the NFL's lowest scoring teams. I mean, you said it was 38. That's a low number. Over on the right now is 38. I know. Yeah, I'm on the over. No, I feel like this will be like a 13 to 7 game. Like this is. You don't think Ron Rivera calling out Carson Wentz saying, <laughs> what's the problem with your team? Why aren't you guys winning? <laughs> uh, very. I do love one thing the NFL has been awesome about this year. The quarterback play, with the exception of seven guys, has been pretty atrocious. You got Brady calling out the bad football. Yeah. Ron Rivera is called. Guys are getting called out all over the place. I love it. How about love you're the backup it. too? Like we talked about Gino earlier. I mean, he wasn't the backup, but we, we talked about guys who we didn't think we'd be talking about in October. Cooper Rush and uh, Kenny Pickett. We didn't think would be starting. Yeah. Who else am I missing? Olivia, I have a hard time naming the best 15 quarterbacks. Oh, Bailey Zappi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. I think you run out of gas at like eight. Right when you get to the eighth quarterback, which is probably maybe Burrow. You start or just so. pulling names. You, yeah, yeah. Well, you start going yeah. like, uh, I guess it is it Matt Ryan? No, it's not. It's not <laughs> well, Matt slow Ryan. Slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Matt Ryan. Okay. You know, I'm with you on all of them, except, and this is going to sound Homer, and there's no cheese on the head involved here, but uh, Jets, I, I think this could be a bigger game. I think... The reason I say that is I feel like Aaron's really good following a loss and coming back home. I feel like they're going to really stick it to him. And what he says, seven points. Yeah. So I, I know you're. Do you want to go extra cheese the on the bet? You want to go extra cheese? <laughs> Do I dare? Against another New York team? <laughs> death wish. No, don't let no, me reverse jinx you again. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, Peter, better be careful. You did a pretty good job filling in a slot. Yeah, if I run the table right here, Peter Andrew, you might be out of a podcast job. (laughs) And best wishes, Pete. All the best to you guys. Okay, as I run to the shower to wash the smell of cheese out of my hair, Jerry, congratulations. This was basically your best show yet with all the Knicks talk and winning the bet. I bet you're feeling on top of the world. I feel on top of the world because we just talked some hoops. We got football coming up this weekend and we get to talk to Kevin Garnett next week. Kevin Garnett, KG, the big ticket. The big ticket. You know who gave him that nickname? Who? My dad. We'll get to that next week. Oh, more on that next week for sure. See y'all then. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.